Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Richard Geiger, Ken Seymour, back with a vengeance. A ven- a gen vengeance? <laughs> I don't Con- think that. that no, 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 that, that does work. not work. Uh, but if you could not tell from uh, that little failed attempt at making something wordplay work, we are going to be talking just a little bit about Gen Con this past year, 2022. Um, now, unfortunately, uh, Mr. Geiger was not able to attend the event. Uh, I believe he was uh, being uh, consumed by small children, uh, all of his time consumed. and uh, Not as small as it used to be. No, no. But that just means that all of their extracurricular activities are going to take more and more effort and time and money yeah i was gonna leave that part out because that's the sad part (laughs) i like all the rest of it it's like oh dad i want to go on this trip we're going to go with the base and i just have to buy these things that cost this many thousand dollars oh save your nickels and dimes yeah so instead of talking about just clearly wasting money on that we're going to talk about <laughs> spending our money on games. Um, but that's not a waste. No, no. You can watch your games grow and grow. Absolutely. The, and, and not just uh, grow, but uh, you know, if I'm mad at them, I can stick them in a cabinet and nobody calls uh, <laughs> protective services on me. Also true, yes. <laughs> uh, so Gen Con, for those of you that are not aware, that have not been listening to our uh, podcast or just didn't catch the last couple of uh, – episodes we did on Gen Con because we do an episode on Gen Con every year because amazingly it happens every year. Um, Right up the road actually. Yeah Indianapolis Indiana it is the second largest gaming convention in the world uh, behind one that happens in Germany which I would love to uh, go visit but um, I don't want to be that guy that goes over to another country and doesn't speak the language and at best, has like Google Translate on his phone. <laughs> I bet you will find, though, a large portion of the people that attend that speak English. Oh, I will, I will wager you're correct, but it's just kind of a, I don't know, a, a respect thing. Mm. You need to get out your Duolingo app. Something like that. So instead, I just uh, I, I deal with Gen Con. Gen Con has been happening in Indianapolis for decades now which is just hard to believe uh, that it's been going on as long as it has. And each year, it seems like they fine-tune it just a little bit more. These, these, the people that run this know what they're doing and just have it down to a science. I mean, we had two years ago, we had the Gen Con that wasn't. You know, there was just no convention because nobody was having conventions at that point. It was a safety issue. And then last year, they had a convention, but it was lessened. Scaled back, if you will. Right. Uh, they capped the number of attendees. Uh, the, the halls were wider. Everybody was trying to be safe. You needed to be vaccinated to go to the convention. It was, it was nice to have, but it just did not feel the same because a lot of the manufacturers for the, the, the games did not show up. This year, very much felt like the Gen Con of old. Full go, full landscape, full load of people. 
I mean, Richard's been to a couple of conventions, some of the smaller ones uh, for the most part. Though you were at PopCon, which is a little larger. That was bigger. Yeah, a little bit bigger. Uh, same convention floor area. Now, uh, if this is your first episode listening to this, uh, Gen Con, you can get your tickets generally in January. Um, and once you have your tickets and everybody has purchased, after a little while, they will eventually have a lottery where you can, once they give you a time, get your rooms uh, set if you are going to be you know, renting uh, from a hotel uh, for the period of the convention. And depending upon how early you are in the order of operations, you might get a better hotel. Now, Indy, if you've never been, is a very... It's a very actually, it, it sounds weird, but it's a, it's a very well laid out city in the sense of conventions, uh, sporting events, things like that, because everything is somewhat centralized, meaning you have this big area where there's the convention center or there's Lucas Oil or there's, I don't even know what the basketball place is called now because it rotates names every time uh, but tied to those within walking distance are a large amount of hotels oh yeah and restaurants and there's a mall so if you needed to stay because of an event or your family had a sporting thing that was going to happen over a week's worth of time there's Lots of places to go, get food, do things, see whatever, all located within this central portion of Indianapolis. But also what that means is while this convention is certainly geared towards and dedicated to the gamer, uh, it's still a really fun time even if you're not going to be into the gaming because literally uh, the White River Amphitheater is catacorner to the convention center and there were concerts every day of the convention that was going on and the amphitheater is right next to uh, a fairly excellent art museum and that is right next to the zoo and (laughs) there's just all sorts of stuff to do downtown and your lottery uh there's a there's a lot of hotels that are participating in that lottery and those are the ones generally speaking that are located in that area so the idea with the lottery is that you could have one of those so that you're in walking distance or maybe i guess you could say short uber or lyft distance to get to everything in the area yeah and there's plenty of hotels elsewhere that are outside of that centralized location but that lottery... Well, they're actually involved in the lottery also. Outside of 465, there are hotels that are in the lottery because you also get them at a discount, which is really important. This event is one of a handful of events that is really important economically to Indianapolis. So what that means is they invest heavily in making sure that it goes smoothly and then tax the ever-loving crap out of it. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, expect like a 20% tax rate on your room and anything else that you're going to do. So getting that discount off of the rooms. <laughs> the room is discounted, so hey, there you go. It's really important. Um, 
and parking, of course, is at a premium. And and some of those locations have parking. Oh yeah, uh, most do, but limited parking. And there's a there's a parking garage that kind of fits in with the mall. But once again, there's there's only limited spots that you can utilize. Yeah, there's there's services like Parking Panda and such that you can utilize to to have connected parking. And they have um, they have um, basically buses that will ferry people from parking that's a little farther away to the stadium. And uh, in instances where we have not been so fortunate on getting a hotel room, we have used that, and it works well. Um, it still kind of stinks. <laughs> you got to pay a little bit more attention logistically to the time that you want to leave. Right. And those that I, I assume it's got a limit in terms of how late it will deliver you back to the hotel. So if yes. you want to pull an all nighter, you're not going to be able to do that. Should you need to get one of those things? But nowadays you can, like I said, do Uber and Lyft and pay a little bit more, go back to where you need to go. Now, luckily, uh, I was, uh, uh, in uh, the Marriott this year, and as always, uh, they do a fantastic job. Uh, the room was nice, everything was easy, um, and most of those close hotels have a direct skywalk connection to everything. So, for those of you that have never been, it's definitely worth going, but be prepared, you will still be walking a tremendous distance. Um, there are so many things to do. Um, you just want to kind of, you don't necessarily need to rigidly plan your day, but you don't necessarily, you don't want to do too much in too many different areas in too rapid a succession because you will wear yourself out for sure. But if you've been to larger parks, let's say you've been to Disney or you've been to Sea World or some of those things where you're just hoofing it all day long, you kind of know what what that's about to an extent. To an extent. And if you've played that game before where you see a map and you know I want to go here and I want to go here and I want to go here and you're just hoofing it all across there, you, 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 you have the same thing. It's just there's not, well, there's not characters with mouse ears but i would say like there probably <laughs> actually are somewhere around yeah. um but there are actual restaurants that you can go to and get food as opposed to the convention center has its own food supply they do now this year was really interesting um they were gen con is okay i just want to say gen con as an organization is invested in its community and, and kind of what I mean by that is they are constantly trying to not only enhance the experience for the people that attend, but do so in a way that maintains uh, safety standards. And that safety can be in terms of health. It can be in terms of mental well-being. They're very, um, they're very interested in making sure that it's an inclusive event that nobody feels left out. Um, so, like for the health side of things, again, you needed to prove that you were vaccinated to go to this event this year. But it wasn't just proving that you're vaccinated and maintaining your mask. But the first thing that we did when we got there, we had to get in line to get a wristband that said, yes, they verified that we were 
vaccinated and boosted and all of that. So this was, if you've never been in this convention center before, um, I'm trying to trying to get a, a universal standard to kind of kind of give you an idea of how far this line started. <laughs> I mean, obviously, to get into the convention has a cost. You have to have tickets, those types of things. Yes. And there's usually only a certain amount of entrances in which you can and enter or get into it was it the same amount or did they restrict that even more no same amount of entrances and exits the way they monitored is if you didn't have the risk they had people at all of those entrances and if you didn't have the wristband you didn't get in period no exceptions and um so you had to have your badge you had to have the wristband um due to the type of people that go to the convention we tend to follow rules pretty well and I like to think that we're the that gamers tend to be on the upper echelon of intelligence and uh, empathy towards others. So, throughout the convention, I only saw a handful of people that were not wearing masks. I mean, out of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, just a couple. And even then, it's not that they weren't wearing masks; they were wearing the masks that aren't masks. You know, like the face shield that doesn't do anything. Or the splash guard, right? You know, there were a couple of those, and there was one that had like something as part of their costume that wasn't really a mask. Not bad, really. I mean, in terms of total numbers, I'm um, the amount of respect that everybody had for everybody else just was just high, and it was great to see. But that initial line to get that wristband, it's so if you've ever been to the Indianapolis. Um, convention center there are multiple floors you go up to the second floor it i would say that the the line probably started it was about 400 people long it took us 10 to 15 minutes it, it was just let's go let's go let's do it well you know nowadays with, with your smartphone you could just have everything digital there's ways you can get it via a qr code actually but you take a picture of it and I have it right there. Yeah, I don't know if they accepted the digital or not. Uh, uh, we had our physical copies just to be safe. Uh, but, yeah, no, they processed it quick. We got our badges. We were there uh, Wednesday evening because technically the, the convention goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so we always get there early. One thing I want to caution anybody that's going to be going to Gen Con in future years, the um, overall – status of Indianapolis has changed just a little bit. So in years past, there were just tons and tons of restaurants that you could go to. You could go to the food cart, uh, food court in the, uh, uh, in the mall, and there were a bunch of somewhat cheaper food options compared to whatever. In the convention center, there's just food everywhere, lots of stuff. So that's changed uh, significantly. So like uh, this year, Within the convention center, there were still places to get food, but there were less, probably by about 20%. There were several places that used to be open and just aren't now. I think maybe, it, I don't know if it was a room issue, if it was just a safety issue, if it was a staffing issue. Not sure where that came from, but there were fewer places within the convention center to eat, which in and of itself wasn't a huge deal. Uh, food trucks were still there. They took up an entire block right next to the convention center. You could not miss it. It was the best place to eat because about 50% of the restaurants have disappeared 
around the convention center just because of everything that has happened over the last couple of years. And if you go to the food court, about 50% of those places are gone too. That was, we always counted on that as one meal. We would go to the food court that was going to be a little less expensive. We get like the cheap Chinese or, or the, 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 um, you know, a steak sandwich at the Penn Station style um, steak sandwich place. And you know, we went this time. Well, the steak sandwich place was still there. Um, there was a Taco Bell. There was some other taco place I wasn't real familiar with. Um, Chick-fil-A, which I don't remember being there. Like one other place. And they closed early. <laughs> and so it was, we went there and we were a little surprised about what happened. It was not what we expected. Did you uh, venture over to Ruth's Chris? No, uh, I, I I don't feel like overpaying for a steak. Um, but we did go to Brothers. Um, I probably shouldn't say this because I want it to stay kind of my little place that nobody else will go. But I will be definitely going to Brothers every Wednesday of Gen Con. Uh, they have good outdoor seating. They have good indoor seating. Their menu, I have not gotten anything there that I haven't liked, which is pretty impressive. And their Long Island iced teas were fantastic. Yeah, so there's still a couple of those holdouts. And, you know, if you're a baller and you want to go to, like, St. Elmo's or Ruth's Chris, those, those places are still there. Um, if you want to go to I, – I, and that's just it, though. Everybody's place price point has gone up. If oh, you're going to yeah. eat somewhere, you're going to pay more regardless but it's a convention center just like if you were going to a if you were going to a movie if you're going to a football game if you're going to a concert you know you know those things are going to cost more like that's got to be part of your expectation when you go now is there did they have rules like no outside food or drinks allowed nope you can bring whatever you want so and that's what we did as part of our planning we as much as we like the JW Marriott, they don't have a breakfast buffet. There's no breakfast included. So we brought our own breakfast supplies. Um, so we knew we wouldn't have to worry about that throughout the entire convention. We also brought snacks, a little bit of snacks, because you can overdo it on snacks. You may think, oh, yeah, I'm going to snack on this throughout the day. And then you forget you are elbow to elbow with thousands of people. You are probably not going to snack nearly as much as you think you are. Um Plus, you're handling games. Depending upon the snacks, they may not look on you with too much favor. Depending upon what's on your fingers as you're as you're playing these games, you walk up with like the Cheeto smile and you got like the orange fingers. <laughs> let's try that out, bro. Right. So, let's see if you can guess. We're going to play the guessing game. Uh, we had myself and my wife, and I. Uh, so long as my sons ate wherever we ate, my two sons. Uh, then we would pay for their food. If they wanted something different, it was up to them. And so with the exception of one meal, they went everywhere that we went. So for the extent of the convention, um, we ate at food trucks. We went to Brothers a couple of times. We went to the food court once. Um, We ate in the convention center a couple times. Um, all of that over the course of Wednesday through Sunday, how much do you think we spent on food? So you're talking about the four of you mm-hmm. as a total. Um, now, is this, you're factoring in lunch and dinner? Lunch and dinner, yes. 
and you were talking about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Sunday. You had dinner on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, lunch. Okay, and but you had dinner on Wednesday. Yes. So there's four. Eight, so, eight meals basically. Uh, under four hundred. No. Under three hundred. You're going the wrong direction. Ooh. I was thinking forty dollars a meal, make ten dollars a person. You are not going to get ten dollars a person a meal. Just be prepared. Mm. Well, Chick Fil A's ten bucks, just in that, and that's probably one of the cheaper ones. Right. So maybe we did fifty. You have four people. Gosh, I know what it's like for to have two kids and to do that. So you're probably sixty a per sixty a meal, maybe. So now you're at five hundred bucks. It was almost six hundred. That's a lot for food. It is a lot because remember, twenty percent tax. They tax. I mean, they the food also gets increased in cost. Okay. Yeah. So so be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> or take your own tacos with you. You can. Well, depending upon the place that you go, you can have a little. They had a little mini fridge, sure. But is that going to be four days worth of foodstuffs? Nope. No. So, and so we just, we knew, in fact, I, I actually estimated going in, I'm, I'm, I was planning on $650 for food just because I remembered I've learned my lesson. It is more important for me to relax and not have to worry about it than it is to try and penny pinch on that because it's a vacation. Well, I think that's what it is for the most part anyway. If you go to a vacation, once again, if you're talking like, we're going to go to Disney or we're going to go. If you're going to go to a theme park, you're going to go to a park, you're going to go to whatever. You stay outside the park at a hotel and you go in. Some of those hotels, they'll have a, a like a, quote, full kitchen where if you want, you can put things in the fridge. There's a stovetop. Sure, you can cook. But if you're on a vacation, do you want to be sitting there cooking all those meals every day? Right. Probably not. I mean, even when we were in Florida, we had a house and we never cooked meals they had a full, like, full stove oven, everything available to us. And we're like, no, we're on, va- we're on vacation. We're not going to do that. So m- most people's expectation, you know, if you're going to go to these things, you have a budget because you spent on tickets and travel and lodging. The smart thing to do is have a budget in mind for oh, yeah. the food. If you're careful, I've seen people do it for 100 to 200 and still eat out once or twice, but it's it's a lot of planning and so you got to be careful and it's, it's also where do you want to spend your money? Um, I will tell you this, uh, the food trucks are fantastic. Uh, you'll start to see them year to year. you kind of learn who's good, who's not. Um, I learned a really important lesson this year. Uh, I generally don't get a lot of desserts. When I go to these conventions, I'll get my meal or whatever and be done with it. But on Sunday, we decided we wanted ice cream. It was hot. And so there was a food truck with ice cream as an option. It's like, oh, you can get it in the cup. You can get it in the cone. Excellent. Now, the food truck at that point was on the opposite end of the block, all the way at the end, basically. And they, I had the orders. They're waiting for me in the convention center. I'm going to go get the... I, I want a waffle cone. I haven't had an ice cream and a waffle cone in forever. It's going to be great. And I get their cups. I get my waffle cone. 
And it's like, okay, it's pretty warm out here. I'm going to start eating it immediately because I don't want it to melt on me. It disintegrated by the time I got through the block to cross over to the convention center. I had to throw away most of it. <laughs> Do not get the waffle cone. I, I've, we had that experience mm, a couple times recently with our uh, our vacation because it was blazing hot. I mean, it was in the 90s. And I'm telling you, we ha- we got the ice cream handed to us, and it was already melty. And by the time I carried it from window to car, it was dripping all over my hands. Yeah. It was hilarious in a certain sense because we had a nice souvenir of ice cream on our car <laughs> all the way back home. <laughs> but e- even when we were just sitting in sitting in, in, on a bench, uh, my wife went to go look at a shop and I stood in line and I ordered the stuff. And I ordered the stuff, and I sat there, uh, and she took a little bit longer. And by the time she got back there, I had a gigantic pool of ice cream at my feet because it all just dripped off of my hand. And so, yeah, get the cup, yeah, and don't worry about the cones, and get lots of napkins. Yeah, it's it's learning learning about these these little minutia is important. Now, all right, so we've talked about a lot of stuff that kind of surrounds the convention, but let's talk about the convention itself. It's a game convention as we've talked about, but it's it's not just about board games. It's board games and card games and role-playing games. It's some to do with video games. It's to do with music and film associated with those artists and authors and sometimes media people involved. Uh, there have been a number of actors and, uh, and writers and things like that that have uh, been involved with Gen Con over the years. There are certain things that you can always count on. If it's your first time going to Gen Con, one of the really fun things to do is make sure you get to the main convention hall floor before 10 and see the opening ceremony. They go with, they do this little opening ceremony where they talk about usually a little bit of the history of something that's going on. They do some giant dice rolling. And when I mean giant, I mean bigger than people dice rolling. Um, they remind people to not run. That's also kind of the thing. Don't <laughs> don't stampede into the thing because a lot of times when you're getting there, if you're a really diehard game fan, there's going to be that one thing that that one publisher is going to be bringing to the convention that they're going to have in a limited number, and you want to make sure to get it. Uh, so you're trying to get there first. Well, that's that's great, but don't forget that even though they open at 10, they opened at nine for the VIP people. And yeah. <laughs> so if there's already been an hour, they may be out by the time you even get there. Um, but maybe, maybe not. It depends on the manufacturer. But it's still really fun to see. You will be squashed. Be prepared. Because everybody's there's not just one entrance. There's three main entrances they do. But still, that's three main entrances for just a gob of people all at 10 o'clock. If you don't get there soon enough, you won't even be able to see the entrance. What if you're going not to buy, but to observe? Now, the best way to do that, there's a second floor. (laughs) So you go up to the second floor, and depending upon where you stand, you can see the entire thoroughfare. And that's where I go. Because I'm not in that big of a hurry. There is no game that I am that hot to get. 
and, and I'm more than happy to let whoever else it is just you go ahead. I'll eventually get it, whatever it is. It will be fine. But getting to see everybody be excited, that's that's really fun. Plus you get to see uh, maybe if there's a theme for what people are have prepared and worked hard on for their head-to-toe attire. You know, there's always some character that you see 30 of, but maybe some that you only see one of, and that person nailed it, you know? So just being able to observe the greater view. You usually won't see those right at opening. They know better. In fact, Gen Con has a section that they kind of rope off towards the uh, center of two of the entrances where if you have an, uh, a costume and you want to be there and be seen and have people take pictures, that's where you go. And it's not like, not that they won't be on the main floor or anything, but it's uh, also a matter of respect. Yeah, they're in their costume. They probably are going to be okay with you taking a picture, but they're also there to look at the games. And if they are constantly being stopped for pictures, that's that kind of is not the best of experiences unless that's really what they were looking for. So at the same time, you don't want to just surreptitiously be taking their picture because that also is not cool. Uh, Gen Con will definitely frown on that if they get reports of that. Is there a contest? There absolutely is. Every year there is a not just a contest but a parade. So they will just do a line that stretches sometimes the length of the convention hall and you will see some really fantastic costumes. You'll also see some mediocre ones, but you know, that's the nature of the game. Even the mediocre ones, they're there to have fun and just kind of participate in it, and it's kind of a joyous thing to see. What was your winner that you saw? I did not watch it. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be from the parade. Maybe in passing you saw one and you had to do a double take because that person did such a good job. This year there were quite a number of really nice costumes that I saw. Um my my brain is spacing it, but uh, Vox Machina. There's a Vox Machina costume that was really a lot of fun, and it's the only person I stopped to take a picture, just because I thought it's like, oh, that's, that that's really fun. And you know, also I was in the hall, and they weren't going anywhere. It's like, all right, perfect, the <laughs> perfect time to Good stop timing. them. Yeah, um, you know, it's also perfect timing for <laughs> not. Not a discussion or a cutout for social media. No, 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 no. No, we're going to talk about some of the fantastic things that our podcast offers its listeners. A lot of times when you listen on Spotify or you listen on Apple, you're you're hearing some fun conversations, you're hearing some fun interviews, but you may not realize that we have a website that has a number of really interesting tools on it. Some of it is related to the podcast, like... Do you want to know what Richard's opinions are on a variety of movies? You can go see that. Also, if you hear us reference something in the podcast, and it was from a previous podcast, of course you can go through uh, your Spotify and do some history, but you can go to the website too and get season-by-season breakdown, title-by-title breakdown, and you can see all the things that have kind of gone along with that. Of course, if there was a person that we interviewed, there's information about that 
particular person or, you know, a link to click so you can learn more about that person. Yeah. Well, on the guest pages, we try and have their Instagram, their uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever it is that they use to, to contact if they have a, a, their own web page. We, and we have a, a list of some really interesting people we've managed to talk to over the years. We also have a couple of other tools. Um, my One of my favorite things to do when I watch a film is just kind of wonder how many people in this action movie <laughs> did they manage to just take out watching commando with arnold schwarzenegger back in the day he shot a lot of dudes in that film a lot of dudes shot at him they, they all missed but just needed more practice <laughs> they did they worked for cobra before but did you ever wonder how many characters died in a specific film we have an entire list of films and television shows where we will tell you and it is dissected and itemized and, of course, the thing that is my crown jewel is the ultimate comic movie database. Any film ever based on a comic strip, comic book, any actor that's been in it, directors, that's cross-referenceable, who's been in the most, what happened in what year, did you even realize this was based on a comic? It will tell you what comic it was based on. It will tell you the artists and the authors that worked on those titles. It will have direct links in all of those to all of the sources. Now, as of this recording, we're currently all the way up to Thor Love and Thunder. I'm working on getting that entered into the database. That is where we are. Now, by the time you hear this podcast, I will still be working on it because this is <laughs> this week's episode. But um, I'm hoping to have that done very shortly, and then that will catch us up on live action. I'm deciding whether or not to put DC League of Super Pets in there. Uh, as I haven't done animated ones in the past. No, so I'm thinking I'm probably going to leave that one out. But there may be some other tool that will have something for that later. And we are discussing other things. We've been discussing movies so much that the the discussion has now shifted to TV shows. We're mm -hmm. early on. We're in early years, but we're going to catch much. up. Yep. Yeah. So back to the good stuff. So there are, you know, we talked about a couple of the highlights from Gen Con, but there are certain things that you can take advantage of every year and some of them require more investment than others and you can kind of get a little bit out of them like one thing that happens every year that will be in the main hall as you go to the the convention uh the main convention hall uh they always have an artist putting together a sculpture made out of balloons and it's like this year it was a full-fledged dragon Breathing fire with wings. It was, I don't know, 20 feet tall. <laughs> Were those balloons being filled by lungs or by canisters of compressed air? Uh, from what I saw, it looked like lungs, but, you know, I could have just missed the, the compressor. Um, and so they, they put it together, you get to see it, and then they destroy it on the last day. And it's just All kind my of, hard work destroyed by... Pins it, and needles. It's like a, 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 um, for charity um, sort of a thing. If I remember correctly, uh, you can kind of throw coins at it or something. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's that's throwing co coins is at the, the card holla. I'm pretty sure I remember now. That's the other thing that gets built up through the convention. You can go to a section that's off the main hallway uh, they usually have it, uh, you can see it from the street, 
where people just bring in collectible cards. They usually won't bring in normal playing cards, but magic cards, Pokemon cards, Digimon cards, you know, whatever. And they will build just an enormous city out of these cards. And then that's the one that you throw the coins at to destroy it for charity at the end and just topple it all to the ground. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully those cards are common and not of value. Yeah, that would that would make me really sad to think that it's like, oh, this was there's somewhere in Alpha Lotus in this pile of Yeah. <laughs> well that one I put there, it's only worth three hundred. Just you you're good. Yeah, you're fine. If you throw the coin at it and you hit it, you could have that three hundred dollar card. That's right. Of course it's damaged now, it's only worth five dollars, but still. But so, you know, a couple things like that. One of the things that I participated in to a certain extent, there is you'll you'll often see a line outside of the main convention hall to a um, to like a commission. If you have old games, you can bring them in to be auctioned off. And then there's a store attached to that area where uh, you can, you know, put your old games and stuff in and say, hey, on Thursday it's worth this much. On Friday it's worth this much. On Saturday it's worth this much and try and sell your stuff. Um, I love going in there, seeing if there's anything neat. I often look for some very specific stuff and didn't really find what I was looking for this year, but it's always fun to look. And the auction can be a lot of fun too because they they will auction off some really good stuff and you get some serious buyers in there. They're they're looking for some some old stuff, some some things you won't find anymore. I need me that part cheesy. So if anyone's ever gone to the convention center, I keep talking about the main hall, the exhibit hall. Uh, I want you to imagine um, that this hall, which is accessible from three main doors, and then it's actually accessible from another door along uh, the side, and it's actually connected to a couple other main halls in another couple of different ways. This is a hall that is um, 31 aisles wide. And each aisle is approximately, it varies because the, the companies can buy different sizes of booths. So the big companies will often buy some pretty good big booths. And I got to tell you, it is the most annoying thing for semi-OCD people like me or who I want to start in aisle one. I want to go all the way down aisle one and I want to come back up aisle two. I want to go down aisle three and come back up aisle four. But these these companies that buy multiple sections interrupt that flow. And they're not always at the end cap. Sometimes they're in the middle. So I'm going down the aisle and now I hit this thing and I have to go around and come around and go up that aisle and it drives me crazy. Uh, it also chokes up traffic. But anyway, so 31 different aisles. And if you had individual, just normal booth sizes, smaller booths, you could probably get about 20, 20 booths deep. So what you're saying is that there's spots for 600 potentially potentially companies, people, booths, showcases. Now, obviously, there's there's always things like I said. Some of the companies will have a bigger area. There's always a section for the art show, and that's where all of the authors and artists and entertainers go. And when I say entertainers, entertainers doesn't often mean quite what it used to. You're not going to see, like I said, those A-list, B-list, C-list actors and directors 
that's not who Gen Con really brings in. They'll bring in some interesting people, bring in people like Dan the Bard. Um, Dan the Bard is uh, a comedic songwriter who's fantasy-themed in what he does. Great stuff. And, you know, he plays like the lute and uh, uh, small stringed instruments. And he's great. If you ever hear his stuff, he's a lot of fun. If you're into the fantasy realm, you'll get a lot of the jokes. If you're not, you will have no idea what's going on. Um, but they'll have things like that. They have a, a troop of belly dancers that come every year. And Jugglers. What about jugglers? They actually did have a juggler this year. Uh, he juggled uh, what you would expect, all the normal things, including knives. He had whole act. Very, very good. So they have a wide array of different people that, uh, that will perform and do different things. Now, as far as games, there's always the big manufacturers. Paizo's always there. Asmodee's always there, basically. Um, they're, um, there's just, you know, every major manufacturer that you can think of is going to be present. Uh, if, I had to, if I had to pick a darling game, this year, one that I always saw and it was always sold out or close to sold out, I would probably have to go with uh, Ravensburger. Uh, they had the newest expansion to Disney's Villainous, which was Star Wars Villainous. Uh, now, Villainous is a fantastic game. If you like a lighter game or you're not ready for the ultra strategy armies on the on the battlefield sort of a thing. I just want to have a little fun, and I want it to take maybe an hour to play at most. Well, Villainous is a great thing because everybody gets to be a villain from a Disney film. Or they had also released the Marvel version. You could be Marvel villains, and so then now, they now have the Star Wars villains. And so you're trying to achieve your villainous victory over the heroes while tripping up all of the other villains that are all trying to do the same thing. And it's just kind of a silly game, and it's fun. Um, and it, the Star Wars was uh, really well-received this year. Um, so I, that's one of the few that I was not in time to buy, but it also wasn't on my list for this particular convention. Um, were there things on your list that you were able to get? This time. Well, I am a huge fan of the old White Wolf products, so I'm, I'm still putting together my, my collection of White Wolf books, and that's what I had a hard time finding. I found two, one of which I thought was overpriced, and I bought the other one. <laughs> but uh, I like to be surprised. I like to go through, and especially if it's a smaller manufacturer that just shows me something uh, really neat that I've never seen before. My wife... Um, my wife ran across a game that's a trick-taking game. If you've ever played Spades or Euchre or Hearts, those are normal deck trick-taking games. And this game is um, sh uh, is something about I have now I'm spacing. It's about cats, it's, but it's it's a play on Schrodinger's cat. So it's a trick-taking game where all of the cards don't have any suits on them. You have to declare what suit the card is as you play it. Because it only has a suit once it's been observed. Very funny physics joke. Uh, this is a very small <laughs> grouping of people that are going to really get that and go, oh, that's funny. Um, but as a game in terms of strategy, surprisingly good. 
because you have to avoid paradox. You have to keep track of what colors you said that you play. If you say, I'm out of that suit, well, you have to remember that for the rest of the game or the rest of the hand. And if you are forced to put out that suit and you've already said you don't have it, well, that's bad for you. That's too much memory. Can you have a pencil? and They actually have something built into the game to help you remember. Oh, uh, that's good. They want to keep it fun. Now, uh, that was something my wife found that she thought was really cool, and I have to agree it was pretty neat. Uh, for me, um, I had played on uh, – there's a, a fantastic uh, website called Board Game Arena. Uh, so if you want to play with friends that are not local – and also just don't want to deal with setting up games. They have a lot of games there. They have stuff for free, but they also have a, a premium version that uh, only costs a little bit of money. But I had played uh, Ruins of Arnak on that, and that's one of the the kind of the freer games that they have. And I was really impressed with its kind of asymmetrical approach to um, a, a discovery-based worker placement deck builder-ish combination game. Uh, it, even when I just got absolutely stomped in that game, I was still impressed by how much fun it was. That's kind of like, did I have fun when I got owned? <laughs> then it's a good game. Yes. If I, if I lose and I'm angry, that may not be a very well-designed game. Um, there were expansions. Uh, there is a, a game called Star Trek Ascendancy. This is one of those put the uh, armies on the board sort of a game, but you're creating the universe as you play, and they already had several expansions. So you could be, uh, you could be the uh, Starfleet, you could be the Vulcans, you could be Bajorans, you could be Ferengi. You, they already had all sorts of races out there, but they just released a couple of expansions so you can now be the Breen, and then they have a Dominion expansion that's a team version of the game, which is. A lot of fun from what I can see. I've I purchased both. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it because I like the base game. So you can just kind of come across several really cool things. And some of it's not just about the game itself. I have talked in the past about really liking Terraforming Mars. It's one of my favorite games. The only downside about Terraforming Mars is there are a lot of pieces. And a number of years ago, there is a, a, a company called Broken Token. And their whole thing is they create containers for games to try and help you organize stuff and make things better. And it's usually just some nice uh, light wood products that they do it with. And this was before uh, Mars had created the big box. So I was looking for a way to get everything put together. And they, they had a really great um, really great setup for, for doing that. And I found that a number of years ago. I was like, yeah, that was awesome. All the surprises. Now... With no, has nothing to do with the games. This next question, but has everything to do with your experience here. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny or gross. I'm being honest with this. This is a huge area to to cover, and there are a lot of people here. What are the bathrooms like? Well. Um, if you've ever been to a football game at the stadium, you kind of already know a certain extent. Uh, the public restrooms are in Indianapolis, at least in terms of the convention center and attached um, things. They're they're fairly spacious, believe it or not. And with a normal number of people, that would be fine. Uh, 
this is not a normal number of people. Uh, now, first of all, just me personally, I tend to avoid public restrooms like the plague <laughs> because I feel like the plague might be there. Um, you know, if I have to run in for a quick something, sure. But if it's uh, anything major, I, I, I like home field advantage. I, I believe I used to listen to Q95 and Chick McGee would always say it's home field advantage. It's like, I like that phrase. That that works for me, home yeah. field advantage. Um so I tend to avoid those when at all possible. With this number of people, and especially in this kind of situation, I definitely am going to avoid it. Now, in those few times it did go in, it, not bad, really, not bad. They kept it fairly clean. That The staff that, that works at the convention center is just, they, they tend to work really hard on, on keeping the facilities in a presentable order, I mean, there's only so much you can do with, let us say, a, a segment of the population who is not concerned with physical fitness, primarily. <laughs> so there's going to be some, some, some larger individuals, and that's just you know that's that's the life choice, and that is not a judgment. It's just you know if your your preferred thing to do is to sit down to do things. I know that's me. Uh, you're not going to be the fittest person sometimes. Unless you go to these conventions regularly, in which case you're going to burn the calories. And burn the calories. But at least there was on these floors, it's not like you had to sprint from one side completely to the other should the need arise for you. Well, you couldn't. Good luck sprinting anywhere. Um, <laughs> if you were at the very edges of the convention center, you might be able to walk at a fairly brisk pace. But if you're going down the aisles, good luck. You are the important thing at these conventions is understand it's going to take you some time. There are going to be people that are going to be in front of you. They're going to stop for no reason. Sometimes try and turn around. I have been that person once or twice. But everybody is. It's the nature because you forget you needed to do something or you saw something really neat or the person you were trying to walk with, you realize, is not there anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – and then there are choke points, and they try and put a number of recycling bins and trash cans in the area, and it turns into this weird roundabout that doesn't quite work, and it just it's, it's just a mess. Um, now – in terms of this type of population, we do better, but not great, uh, I feel. Um, and it's just that I don't know if there's a way to do great in this type of an environment. They do as well as can be expected. Now, you say, well, there's got to be more than just the convention hall. They can't. All the people can't be there. They're not. <laughs> uh, when I say that this takes over Indianapolis, I mean it takes over Interna Indianapolis. So the convention center is more than just this one exhibit hall. They actually have probably three large uh, area staging areas, and then they have a bunch of rooms on top of that, both on the first and the second floor. Every one of them is full all day long, every day. In addition to that, if you wanted to walk down that hallway to Colt Stadium, you can play games. They had This year was the games library, which is like my favorite part of the convention. And I was so sad that I didn't take part of it this year, but they put it in the stadium, and I wasn't going to walk to the stadium uh, to do this. But you can, you know, for like 10 bucks, uh, the equivalent of 10 bucks, you will get like an all day pass, and you can just take games from the game library and test them out with your friends. 
you're not buying anything. And you also don't have to worry about uh, hauling the stuff around with you. But it's a really great way. Do the, the tests on the main floor are usually only a round or two. You can't always get a really good vibe for how good it is. And most of the manufacturers are going to give the games library copies of these games so that people can then go there, test them out, and see if they really do like them. If they do, they're going to come back and buy them. Um, so, I mean, that's like I said, that's one of my favorite parts. I unfortunately was not able to take advantage of it. But let's say it was pouring down rain outside. You don't have to go outside. They no. have a complete attached pathway for you to get from oh, yeah. all these different places. But if you've walked down the main hall for 31 rows, I know on that day I was definitely not walking to the stadium also. Because it's not just that. You're also walking to get food once or twice a day, which is not always right next to the area. So it's 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 a lot of logistics, a lot of planning. Um, they have um, a lot of halls that are, are going to be there for tournaments that are going on. The manufacturers will take specific rooms, like on the second floor above uh, where the main convention hall is, there were several uh, rooms that were uh, done by like Czech Games, uh, who did uh, the, the runes of Arnak that I was talking about. Uh, that I went in there and and just went ahead and played that game. I actually bought the game there rather than on the floor because they'll usually sell stuff there. There was a, a, a legacy arcade where you could play older video games, you know, rent that out. There was just too much to do. There's always too much to do, and it's fantastic. Um, each of the ballrooms in all of the hotels are going to be having stuff happening pretty regularly. Um, uh, like in... Um, the JW Marriott, they had an open play uh, ballroom. So you could go in there, and the whole ballroom was just tables, and you go play games. Uh, it's usually where people would go. They bought their games. They bring their friends and do it. It was full most of the time. It's just there's more than one of those, too, and they were pretty much all full most of the time. So it's just really, really impressive, just the sheer amount of stuff that they had. Um, they always have a, uh, uh, awards for the best games. They have, uh, movies and television shows that you can watch the gamers. Uh, we've talked to a couple members of that particular group. Uh, the, well, sp specifically is dead gentlemen and, and that, that, um, that group of people that make the gamers and things like that. They will always have like a live improv thing that they do, but it's specifically to do with like they're running a campaign, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And all of everybody's come over to the house and they're going through the motions and they will get input from the crowd about what happens next. It, and it's always funny and it is always sold out. You better get it fast. It will sell out every time. Um, so, I mean, just, just so much to do. In theory, so this the the games library library thing. So that's coinciding every day, right? So you could you can theory you could do that every day. Oh yeah. But you're you're saying if you're going to plan this out, you know, main floor might be one day, the other floors might be another day. If you want to do the games library, you should dedicate a day to doing that. At least half a day. Yeah. And. If you go there, like you said, the manufacturers will have a copy. But 
how or can you reserve a copy or is it just they usually don't do reserves you just kind of keep an eye out because you can scan the room and you can see who's playing what and just pop over you can take a look see how they're liking it you know, a lot of times you stop by and see hey what do you think about this game you can tell me what you, you know watch them play a few rounds um and a lot of times when I'm going to the game's library, if there's a specific game I want to play and I know they've got a copy and it's out, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll find a different game to play, and then when I'm done, usually they'll be done by then, and it's not always immediately taken. It's it's not not the same kind of environment. You'll you'll find some good stuff no matter what. Well, that's good. And then you're like you said the have they had the old school games arcade? It's not. I feel like you've told me they've had that. A lot in the past, too. Well, they've always had some sort of video game presence. They would often have like a rock band thing or a Super Smash Brothers tournament or something like this. This year and last year, it's only happened for the last few years. I mean, it's literally old style cabinets with like Galaga and Asteroids and uh, the original uh, Mario. Uh, you know, not like Super Mario, like the original Mario. Like the Commodore 64. Right. You know, it's a lot of those older games or they'll have like a Cruisin' USA was there. And so you pay a certain amount of money and just go around and play the games. And it wasn't a pop in quarters. It was you paid a, like a game pass, basically. Right, right. So, I mean, there was a lot for you to do there. If it's your first time and there's some stuff that you know you want to do, the only advice that I give is... If you're going to do events, don't overdo the events. Do a handful because you'll feel bad about, it's like, I don't want to have to walk all the way over to this particular hotel to go to that event and then come all the way back. Um, But if it's something that's really important, it may be worth it to you. For me, as I've gone more and more, I I don't feel the urge to be there right at 10 a.m. when they open the doors. I'll wait for the rush to pass. Have a nice leisurely breakfast. Relax. This is the biggest advice that I can give to people because you're going to be on your feet a lot. I mean, I had a blister uh, from the amount of walking that was done uh, throughout the four days. It was. It, it's fairly intense. Have nice, comfortable shoes. Make sure you have enough hydration. Um, do not stress yourself. It is really easy to stress yourself in this environment because there's a lot of a lot of input, a lot of things going on all at the same time. And 90% of it's fun. And you want to do it all. You cannot do it all. Just if you if you get if it's your first time, take a smattering. It's just like uh, you know, a smorgasbord. Take a little bit of everything, see what you like. And then that'll help you plan the next year that you want to go. And it's like, okay, I'm going to focus more on this this time because I really enjoyed this. Um, As far as attacking the main floor, the most important thing that I can suggest to people is demo games. And it seems seems weird to say that. It's like, well, that's why I'm there. So it's not always that easy because there's a lot of people there and getting the time to demo the games. But it does a couple of different things. One, demo games that you didn't think about demoing because you may find something that's really cool that you did not realize was really cool, but also specifically demo games that have tables with chairs. It will give you a chance to sit down for five to 15 minutes as you test this game out, see if you like it, 
get a little bit of energy back, and then go back into it because it is a really long day on your feet for four days in a row. Uh, now, this handy-dandy uh, compilation of information that we see right here, how that you don't see because we're you know on a podcast now, <laughs> uh, but the actual the guide that tells us all the stuff where does someone get one of those? So when you sign up and you get your tickets, um, you can have the tickets mailed to you. You can pick them up at Will Call. Do not pick them up at Will Call. Will Call the first day is a nightmare, long line. Well, okay, nightmare is overdoing it, but it's a long line. And even if it's moving quickly, you're going to be in the line for a while. Uh, but once you have your badge, there is a fast-moving, it's only a single booth that you'll go through where – you can get a bag that has any goodies that come along with it, which nowadays isn't much. But you'll usually get a coupon book that will be associated with uh, the, the manufacturers on the main hall. This is where I go to get my free Gen Con die. This is where I go to get this glass, yada, yada, yada. And it helps you plan your next day uh, about where you're going to go first because the guide will be on the floor usually Wednesday night, if not Thursday morning. The guide will have a map of everything in there, and it's just going to be at multiple points throughout the convention center. Definitely grab the guide if you are an in-person book kind of a person. But if you're more of a technology-oriented, uh, Gen Con does have an app. And the app usually is updated faster than the book is, uh, mainly because you can't update the book. Um, but it will also let you zoom in on like the artist's alley and know exactly which artists are where, uh, which you can't, you can't get that from the book. There are just certain things they won't know until they actually set it up that day. So they try and pre-prepare as much as they can. They put that in the book. Any changes come through in the app and the app works sort of okay. <laughs> it, it's all right. Um, it, it is a little glitchy, um, but I mean, what app isn't? Uh, and for the most important feature that it has, there's really two. One is getting that map, and uh, two is seeing what is available to do. It, it does a good job at that because all of the events are in there. Can you do an offline version of that? Not, so, to, not to my knowledge. Okay. Uh, but there is adequate cellular coverage and or a public Wi-Fi connection that works their Wi-Fi is well. Their Wi-Fi is strong. They always have good Wi-Fi, and it's in the middle of Indianapolis, and it's 5G heavy. So no matter who your carrier is, even with that many thousand people, your phone's fine. That's good. <laughs> Pretty much no matter where you go. Well, what do you think, dear listeners? Does this sound like something that you might want to try? Maybe it's something you've already tried. Uh, you know how to get a hold of us on social media. Tell us about your experiences. Share your pictures. If you have some cool games that you played, if you have some costumes that you saw that were really excellent that you want to share, and definitely uh, share the, the tag with Gen Con. Uh, at Gen underscore Con is their Twitter uh, side of things. Uh, the hashtag uh, Gen Con 2022 has still been pretty available. In most instances, you'll see stuff, usually trends every so often. Um, and it's just, it's a fun community. Uh, now next week we will have, um, something fairly fun coming up. Now, if you've already gone to our website, you already know what's coming because we have an episode calendar. 
We told you about the website. Well, that's right. But next week, we have a special guest that will be on the show. Uh, it will be actress Janet Varney. If you are a fan of The Legend of Korra, uh, the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, as well as just a number of really excellent television shows and some movie appearances. She's a great actress, great voice actress. Uh, we get a chance to talk to her a little bit, and it's going to be really exciting. Uh, you should definitely take a listen. 